From Fathead Studios in Speedway, Indiana, this is The Skinny. Hey, Kyle, how are you, man? Young Hungry, Young hey, Money hey, as well. Young... Good, man. How'd that battle with uh, Mike Tyson go down there in New, Ze- New Zealand? <laughs> uh, I think I lost, but uh, <laughs> I, I, up. I, look, I look a little better. You know, it's just, uh, it's funny how it goes, right? I mean, clearly that was a such a vicious crash. Whenever I saw it, I was like, oh my God, like that one's legit. That's that's a real one. And, and not your first one down there either. That's that's certainly been an eye-opener. But to come back and win it the next night and then be standing there and you had no choice but to, but to have your picture taken, it's like, well, I want to win. But man, of all times, right? I mean, it was, a, yeah, it was, a, it was an amazing comeback. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I was trying to keep it somewhat hidden uh, throughout the day just because you know, I didn't really want pictures and then get out to the States. And um, then I ended up winning and can't really have my sunglasses on at night because then it gets really suspicious. So I'm like, well, might as well just show it off. But uh, yeah, it's uh, the bruising's about gone and my eyeball will be back normal looking in a couple more weeks. So um, I can see fine, which is all all good. And um obviously you know winning the winning the next night out uh or the next you know about a week later um showed that nothing nothing's wrong with me i just look i just look bad so uh this is kyle larson who has graced us here on the skinny as we talked about we had a huge show coming your way and we also have robin miller here in the studio as well with us great to have him hang out with us we want to tell you a little bit for the newcomers that maybe don't know who Kyle Larson is, and there's some out there. I know it's hard to believe, but he's had an incredible run in uh, at the NASCAR Cup level, came up through the ranks. Kyle has a silver driller from the 25th shootout um, at age 17, and I think this is still true, Rob Klepper, at age 17 and only a sixth start in a midget. Kyle's the youngest to start an A-main at the Chili Bowl. That's that's quite possible. I don't, I don't know if I can I confirm that. I believe that still to be true. Oh, yeah. I know it. I knew it. Two weeks old, he was at a racetrack already. That that I know for a fact. <laughs> Fourth driver to win three Turkey Night Grand Prix just pulled that off here in 2019, uh, a month or so ago. Second driver in history to win all three divisions: USAC Midgets, Sprint, and Silver Crown in one night. An incredible accomplishment there. 2014 Sprint Cup Rookie of the Year. Listen, the the accolades go on and on and on, but just to put it in perspective, he's a badass. Eldora Four Crown Nationals champ, 1921, uh, 19 and 21 in New Zealand. Uh, so he's 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 done uh, pretty much everything you can do inside of a midget, with the exception of one thing. And you're going to chase that pretty hard this coming Saturday. I'm certain of it. Uh, yeah, I came up you know half lap short last year and. Um, allowed Chris to get by me. So, uh, that one, that one hurt pretty bad, but, uh, still young and, you know, able to get more chances at it. So hopefully this year, uh, being with my own team now with Paul Silva and Luke Soil on board and, and iRacing, we can, you know, go there and try and be a little bit better and, and see if we can close out all 55 laps. Yeah, so your first Chili Bowl, 2008, 13 years. You've made the A-Main eight times. You've been inside of the top three there a couple of times. I think three top fives as well. All of those with Keith Coons. It's not going to be the case here this year. You did mention Lucas Oil flying some new colors as you uh, you cut a deal with him. I'm guessing Tom Bogner was hev- heavily involved in that, and Tom's a wonderful guy for Lucas Oil. Worked with him for a number of years. But why the change in your own car, your own chassis? And, boy, you have already enjoyed some good success with this combination you have working. 
Yeah, it's been it's been something that I've you know, wanted to do for the last gosh, probably two or three years. Just uh you know, felt like I was, you know, really close to winning the Chili Bowl um with Keith, so I didn't really want to make that change, then you know, feel like I went backwards and, and feel like I made the wrong decision. But um, you know, finally I just got to the point where I felt like, you know, the time was right to do it. Uh and you know, Paul Silva, who I re been racing the sprint car with for a long time now, he's wanted to work on a midget uh, for a while. So um, it just kind of came together at the right time, I feel like. And yeah, I wanted to be, I wanted to be totally different than, than what Keith's cars are just because I didn't want people, I don't want to get out and do good. And um, you have a bullet uh, by spike with you know, advanced shocks and all that, like Keith has. And um, everybody, everybody be like, well, you know, it's the same thing he's always been in. So he should be good. So yeah, got a King chassis out of New Zealand that Justin Inslee builds, um, factory cane shocks. So quite a bit different than, than what Keith has. And, um, yeah, we've been really successful so far. Uh, my worst finish out of probably, I don't know how many nights we ran, um, probably seven or eight. I think our worst finish is fourth. Um, we've won one, every single one, except for that, that time I finished fourth. Um, so yeah, it's been good. And, and hopefully, Hopefully it rolls into uh, to Chili Bowl with the same same speed. Okay, I'm going to tell you boys my quick Kyle Larson story. Hi Larson, it's Robin. Hey, we, how are we, you? Good, buddy. Okay, so Koontz tells me about this kid, so I start watching him. He has quick time at Milwaukee. The first time we see him in a sprint car. And then Stuart and I are standing in the infield at Eldora when he sweeps the Silver Crown, and Stuart's like apoplectic. He goes, "I've never seen anything like this." I said, "He goes, if that kid wins a Silver Crown race, I'm going to." I'm going to write him a check for ten grand out of my pocket. I said, well, if you were smart, you'll put a contract under because all he wants to do is drive World of Outlaws or, or stock cars, and you got teams in both of them. And Stuart's like, well, I don't have a ride for him. I said, well, who cares? Sign him. And then I, next time I saw Stuart was at the Chili Bowl, he goes, God, I screwed up. I screwed up. <laughs> so in those days at speed, we get to go to cover Eldora and, and this Four Crown and things like that. So I'm on Wind Tunnel a lot talking about Kyle that year. So we had a deal at the end of the year, the driver of the year. And it was a teleconference with Dan Gurney, Mario Andretti, uh, Daryl Waltrip, uh, Daryl Jarrett, um, uh, Sterling Moss, for God's sake. I mean, we got everybody in the planet on this call. So everybody nominates their driver. So it's my turn. And I said, I'm nominating Kyle Larson. Uh, I've never seen any, He's the next Parnelli Jones. I've never seen anybody handle sprints and midgets. I said, sight unseen, this kid goes to these tracks and kicks everybody's ass. I said, he's unbelievable. So as I'm, as I'm talking about Kyle, Daryl Waltrip goes, now, Robin, uh, this is a big-time deal. I mean, he, I know he's probably pretty good in them little midgets <laughs> and stuff like that. But now, this is a, a big-time award. Now, we can't be throwing guys like that in there. And before I can respond, Mario Andretti said, uh, well, Daryl, I want to tell you something. Uh, I saw this kid run the other day, and Robin's right. He's got he's he might be Parnelli's equal someday. He's he's unbelievable. So Mario Andretti overcoached Daryl Walter. So then Kyle starts running. He starts running trucks. So he gets in a crash one night going for the victory somewhere. So Daryl Waltrip's saying, well, you know, you can't treat these like sprint cars and midgets. This kid's got a lot to learn. Fast forward three years later, Daryl Waltrip says, you know something? He goes, I'm 
I'm the biggest Kyle Larson fan on the planet. This kid <laughs> is everything I love about stock car racers, and he's the guy you better keep your eye on. So I sent Waltrip an email. I said, you hypocrite. You, I said, you don't know anything about racing. You're a stock car guy. You needed, you needed Stuart to square him up again. Yes, we did. <laughs> Hey, Kyle, I know, uh, I think it was, what, the last uh, week or so, you, you put a deal. I mean, coming back to the States from New Zealand, getting ready for Chili Bowl, of course, and then uh, it looks like you're going to be headed back over to Australia to run a wing sprint car now. So you're getting pretty busy here before your, before your real job starts. Yeah, yeah, it works out this year. Normally we have uh, NASCAR Media Day and stuff in Charlotte um, a few days after the Chili Bowl, but this year we have a week off and then the Media Day. So I'm going to take advantage of that and, and go down to Australia, go run um, the classic week there. I haven't done that since 2012. So uh, excited to go down there and race for Sean and Felicity Dyson. Um, and to Carson Macio races for down there. And um, you know, Carson races my my sprint cars here with the World of Outlaws. And, and you know, Sean, Sean helps out a, a good amount there. So uh, it's going to be fun to go down there and, and race for them. They've had some success uh, for the last few years. Um, Sean's actually won that race, won the classic um, with Tim Kading, I think, a, a few years back, and um, that's that's their Knoxville Nationals. So um, the crowd's big, the atmosphere is awesome, and uh, excited to go do it. You know, I didn't didn't do didn't fare too well the first time I went down, so hopefully this year's a, a little different. So uh, let me be the one to divulge into the small print of your contract, because if you're going to give that up, certainly the show called The Skinny is where you want to tell everybody about the small print and your contract with Ganassi. So I thought I'd ask because I heard I heard a rumor say that there is some small print or maybe it's large print inside of the contract that says you're not allowed to run anything non-wing. Wing sprint car, okay. Non-wing midget or sprint car, not good. Can you confirm or deny? I'll deny that, um, obviously, because I race midgets almost as much as I race wing sprint cars. So, um, and then I just, I just don't. I guess I enjoy racing non wing sprint cars, or I enjoyed it, but uh, they just, I don't know. The, the crashes hurt a lot more, a lot worse. Um, you know, the payout. You know, I, I ran, I ran, you know, in Indiana a lot in 2011, 12, and you're out there risking your body for $1,400 every week. And um, I guess I just grew tired of that and felt much safer in a wing sprint car. And, and two, I mean, everybody's got their opinion on, on what's more exciting. But for me, I, I feel like the, the competition's a lot harder um, in wing sprint cars compared to non-wing sprint cars. And, you know, I, I want to be out there racing with what I feel like is the best uh, open wheel drivers. So um, that's why I enjoy racing with the outlaws and, and the all-stars and, uh, keeping my wing over my head too is is a little safer. So um, I enjoy racing the midgets though a lot. Um, just non-wing sprint cars, I've wrecked enough in them. I know how bad it hurts. Well, I guess the reference was Chip clearly is okay with what you're doing here. I mean, there's a you're a big ticket item for his for his race team, and like you just admitted, you know, you're you're risking a lot there, and certainly Chip, uh, I'm I'm thinking is keeping a good eye on you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm fortunate to be able to do what I do. Um, I think I ran I ran 46 dirt races uh, in 2019, so um, that's a pretty good schedule there. And uh, hopefully, we can do a, a handful more this year. Um, they've been pretty. I mean, they've been actually they've been really good with with the races I want to run. 
Um, you know, even last year I was able to run uh, a handful of weekends on the same weekend as a cup race, you know, like the night before you would know, be on track in a cup car, which is typically not allowed. Um, you know, so like I got to run, well, I would have been able to run all of Volusia last year, but we had engine problems. Got to run two nights at Charlotte before the 600. Um, I ran a USAC midget in the sprint car at Joliet uh, the day before Chicagoland. So, um, yeah, they were they were really good last year and uh, really not many restrictions. I mean, for me to be able to run 46 races um, and still do, you know, 38 cup weekends, that's about that's about all I can get anyways. So um, stayed busy for sure. We got to see you a lot on the USAC trail. You mentioned Joliet, a race that you won, which ended up being a really late night uh, there, Route 66, Kyle. But uh, you mentioned uh, running so well at the end of the year against the USAC guys, of course, winning your third Turkey Night, as Stout mentioned earlier. But uh, talk about the competition of that series now, especially we've seen like really the last you know year or two a resurgence in the midgets. Uh, a lot, lot, uh, lot more teams, a lot more big money teams, a lot more money being fed in, into midget racing night right now. You know, looking at Keith's team, obviously, and Klaus and Marshall and Petrie Motorsports and teams like that. Uh, you had a lot of great battles this year with those guys. You and Zeb Wise there in P8 put on, put on I think it was on, the, on your birthday, put on one heck of a show there. But uh, talk about the competition right now that we see in midget racing. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been really fun to, to watch the development of the the midget series uh, over the last few years, you know, um, I feel like it kind of went downhill as far as competition and money in the, in the sport there for a few years, but yeah, now it's, it's really tough. You know, you got a lot of good owner, owners, um, a lot of good young drivers. Um, you know, I told Keith, it's, it's much harder to win now than it was, you know, two or three years ago. So um, I enjoy, I enjoy getting to go run, you know, the midget stuff. Um, because it is really tough, uh, and, and the racing is always really good too. I mean, you could go any track throughout the country and it's, it's always good, hard side-by-side racing. So, um, I think that just shows how, how healthy the series is right now. Yeah. A lot of those young guys, uh, jumping teams as Kyle's talking about uh, leaving Keith or leaving Klaus and Marshall going to their own deal. Um, so it's going to, it's going to be an interesting 2020 for sure. And, and coming into chili bowl with what are we three fifty five? I think, uh, the car count at this point, do you, how, how do you approach a race? Like, like the chili bowl is, is it, is it a different approach or is it, is it the same kind of approach for a driver? Meaning like, okay, I have my prelim night. I'm going to do the best I can on my prelim night. Then we'll focus on Saturday night. Or do we, do we put extra pressure on, on ourselves, knowing that, okay, we need to get some points. We need to have a good prelim night. We need to set ourselves up for Saturday. Yeah. I mean, you want to set yourself up for Saturday for sure. But at the same time, um, you know, there's so many prelim nights that it, it kind of thins it out a little bit, you know, where you're not, you're not competing against, every good guy, you know, in one night. So, um, that makes it, that makes your prelim night where you, you, you still want to pass everybody and, and do the best job you can. But I think you can be a little more cautious about how you do it and, and, um, kind of pick and choose your, your riskiness, uh, that you might have trying to get a position. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, if you can just get through the heat race and not have any issues, you can typically have a, a, a decent, a decent night and set yourself up for a good, good spot. Um, come Saturday, whether that's, you know, locking yourself in or, you know, running inside the top, whatever it is, six or so to, to make the B main. So, um, yeah, just, you know, this year, just try and try and be, be safe and, and not make any mistakes. 
and uh, you know, try and finish in the top two. But if not, you know, finish as high up as you can because every position you know, matters for Saturday. Yeah, what are your thoughts on um, they changed the format for the pole shuffle, so it's actually going to be a little mini race. If you're fortunate enough, obviously, to transfer to the A main out of your prelim night, what are your thoughts about having a race? And, and I don't know for sure, but it looks like they're going to do the pole shuffle just before the A main, probably before track prep for the A main. So there's a little bit of time there. But uh, to go out there and actually race with three other guys, put everything on the line, knowing that you've got the big race coming up in just a little bit. Yeah, I guess I hadn't, you know, I saw the format change. I didn't, I didn't see, I haven't seen yet uh, when it is um, during the program. Cause I feel like normally they had their pull shuffle on, on, no, I guess they did. You used to have it on, on Saturday at some point, Saturday afternoon. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I think it's what now four cars and you have to finish top two to transfer into the next kind of seating, um, which helps um, you know, cause the pull shuffles, you know, I'm not a huge fan of them because I think you know, rarely do you get a good race from it. Um, usually, whoever gets the jump off the line can can win it um, pretty easily. So uh, I think with having four cars, it's it's much easier for that third or fourth guy to to get to second than it is for you know any of them to get to the lead. So um, I think that'll be more exciting for the fans and uh, you know more opportunity for the drivers as well. They also changed that format. Uh, I, I don't want to say they changed the format. Rob and I were talking about this the other day. But they changed the rules for who's allowed to enter the race of champions. I know you've had some good success there as well. And it's a bonus race for you on a, on a Tuesday night. Uh, I think you typically race. I think your prelim night is on a Tuesday night. So then you have another race. Uh, will, would you run that with the same car? Would you try something completely different? Impossible to say this early on. Uh, what's, what's your thoughts about running that race of champions? Yeah, I've done it. Uh, I've done it, you know, different ways. Um, you know, most of the time when I, when I'm with Keith, we just have the, the one car. Um, so, you know, yeah, I always race Tuesday. So, you know, whatever car I'm racing in the race champions is what I run, you know, all week, but you know, there's been other years where I've had a back card that's specifically just for the race of champions. Um, I don't know how it worked out that way certain years, but, Obviously, that's, you know, a little more relaxing knowing that you you can run that race and not worry about crashing. But, um, yeah, this year I only have one car. So uh, I'll be I'll be running you know, the same car all day Tuesday as well as in the race champions. Looking forward to that race coming off all all the the wins that you had in, in 2019 um, and then winning over down to New Zealand. You have to be pretty happy with where your car is at, where where you're at. Um, Obviously, like I said, uh, closing out 2019, winning all those races against the USAC guys. And I, I was there for all of them except Turkey Night. And, you know, watching from the stands and calling that race, um, whether it was Hangtown or, or even back at, at Joliet, I mean, it just seems like for you to be able to jump in that, that car and, and be switched on, if you will, with a good setup to race against these guys, it's really got to, you know, build that confidence going into uh, Chili Bowl week. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I mean, I was really nervous uh, leading into the Hangtown weekend just because you know, I didn't know how I would be. Um, yeah, you know, we ran Placerville a couple times before that, just local, you know, Western State stuff, and was able to win. But I mean, there's only a handful of cars, and and just a you know, Golovic's really the only one with really nice equipment out there. Um, so I didn't know how good we were. Um, so I was pretty nervous leading into that, but we were able to you know win and and pretty much dominate the hundred lap race, and then. 
go to Bakersfield and, and be really fast as well, which kind of confirmed to me that we are, you know, really good. So, um, you know, then that led into Turkey night winning that and then, you know, gateway as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, really confident with how, uh, how our car's working and, and the changes that, you know, Paul Silva has made throughout the night. So, um, you know, to be his first time in a long time back to Chili Bowl. Um, so I'm sure we'll have to learn some things on Monday and, and then Tuesday as well, but hopefully we've got a good package where we can be fast right out of the box and, um, just tweak on things. Give us one, uh, pick any, pick any story you want podcast. People want to hear behind the scenes stories. They want to hear something humorous, which is why we had Miller on here. He's just <laughs> loaded with them things. So pick one, doesn't matter. New Zealand could be any race, could be a cup race, could be a midget race, whatever it is. Grab one. There's, there's gotta be something driving the trailer down the road, the trailer past you guys or whatever the case may be, but grab one of those golden nugget stories and give it to us. Uh, well, I had a lot of fun in 2012 with, uh, with Davy Jones and Rico and, and Chuck Gurney Jr. Uh, racing their non-wing sprint car. And I mean, there was so many stories from that year, but, uh, I guess one, you mentioned the trailer stuff. We were supposed to run Kokomo, I think, on a Sunday. And, you know, it, looked, it was looking like it was going to rain out. We waited till the last minute for them to cancel it. So, you know, I don't know what time this was. But uh, my, I remember my dad had called up and uh, was like, hey, there's a, there's a race in Florence, Illinois or something. I don't even know where it was, really. Um, so we're like, all right, we'll go try and hit that and, you know, hop in the – Hop in the truck, me, Davey's driving, I'm in the back, Chuck Gurney Jr.'s in the passenger seat, and, I mean, we're hauling ass down the interstate. I mean, we're probably going 100, over 100, you know, most of the way. Attaboy. I didn't go racing, you know, thinking that we're going to, you know, a lot of people are going to drive there, you know, after Kokomo rained out. Um, Davey Jones, he's like a chain smoker, too, so – um, I remember stealing his cigarettes at one point during a drive and he was about to have a panic attack. Uh, but anyways, I think, yeah, we about crashed too. We got to like a con- construction zone or something and it like narrowed down to one lane really quick and Davey, you know, was, was going way too fast. So about crashed. Um, but anyways, we get to the track and, uh, pull up to the pit gate and, uh, go get our pit pass. We're like, Oh, how many, how many guys are here? And they're like, Oh yeah, there's just one other car here. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we drove all that way and all that. And, uh, it was, it ended up being me, a local guy. And then, uh, CJ Leary showed up and Casey Schumann. So there was four of us, uh, racing for, I can't remember how much it paid to win. Um, but I remember we had a meeting and, and Schumann, Schumann was like, Oh, why don't we just, you know, why don't we just all split the money? And, and uh, each getting you know, whatever it was, four or five hundred bucks a piece. I'm like, no, I, I'm. I, I was back then. Dave Abreu, he gave me 100 percent of the winnings too. So I was like, no, I want. I'm racing for the whole thing, and uh, ended up winning. So uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun fun day. Um, <laughs> one that uh, we probably shouldn't have done, but uh, we did it, and, and it made for a good story. It got me. I wasn't gonna count it as a win because it was only four cars, but that year I, I ended up winning 29 races. So I used it to, to get to 30. 
That's 30. <laughs> I mean, it counts, man. Hey, it was a race. In the books, it's a, a win's a win, right? Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. we were talking with Robin Miller earlier uh, before we came on board, and, and we were talking about when you showed up to Eldora and won all three USAC races at the Four Crown. Kind of kind of take me through that night. Obviously, you had never been to that racetrack. I was told that you, you had played played uh, the Outlaw game on the PlayStation maybe to get ready for that, that weekend. But uh, take me through that night because that – that has got to be one of one of the the most historic things you have you have done to this point in your career. Yeah, that's definitely done the most for my career um, that night for sure. Um, yeah, I've never been. I've been to Eldora one other time to watch. Um, I think we watched Nomic Sprint Cars one night, and then the Outlaws the next night, and then uh, you that weekend the Outlaws were there the, the night before and. So, yeah, I mean, I, I had no expectations other than, you know, I felt like I would have a good chance of winning the midget race just because I was familiar with that car. Um, yeah, then the Silver Crown car, you know, I ran it a handful of times and uh, just didn't know what to expect. But, uh, yeah, we won the midget race kind of like I thought we we could. You know, I, I knew Brian would be, Clawson would be the one to beat. And then uh, the sprint car race, I really had no business winning it. Um there just was like some debris out there or something and it was flattening everybody's tire. And, uh, I found myself inside the top five with a you know handful laps to go and, and found some things that worked for me and, uh, got to lead, I think coming to the white flag got by Dave Darlin. And, um, after that, I kind of, I felt really good about winning the silver crown race. <laughs> and, and I remember just standing in victory lane and being like, Oh, it's, it's over. Like I've, I've got this. That's, and that's been the most, you know, confident I've ever been in myself. And it's that that fifty lap Silver Crown race was fifty of the most perfect laps I've ever put in a race car. Um, and yeah, we were able to sweep it. So that was that was something special. I know you know Jack Hewitt accomplished it as well, which was which was neat. But um, you know, mine being my my first ever time to Eldora, first ever laps on the track, I thought was pretty pretty special. Um, yeah, I wish I wish I'd have an opportunity to you know, run a modified or something like he did that night and, and really, you know, try and match what he did. Cause that was spectacular. You know, going back and watching those videos was, was, was awesome. So, um, and then, yeah, getting the, getting the $10,000 bonus from Tony was, was great too. You know, I'm, I'm 2011, so I'm 18 or 19 years old then and, um, broke, <laughs> just trying to, trying to make a living racing, racing race cars and so ten thousand dollars went a lot a long way for me and then i remember you know after that uh we were in columbus indiana the next day at a local pizza pizza shop um with keith i think was in there my parents maybe pete willoughby and uh you know they had speed channel up you know in the corner of the room and wind tunnel came on and uh like the whole segment was about me winning the fort or sweeping the four crown and um that was probably one of the first times I'd ever made it onto you know, national television. So um, I thought that was really cool. And then really from that moment forward, you know, my career kind of exploded um, you know, that weekend too. Uh, I think the cup guys were at, were at New Hampshire and, you know, I remember them interviewing Jeff Gordon and Tony Stewart and Casey Kane all about, you know, what I had done the night before. So um, just my name kind of exploded in one night and then uh, took off from there and, Sign with Chip Ganassi, I think, you know, a month or two months later. We wish you the best of luck coming up here this this next weekend. We really appreciate you taking the time out to spend 
a little bit of time with us here on the skinny for sure. And we know you're a really, really busy cat and a lot going on. Certainly don't have to spend time with us peasants here, but <laughs> we appreciate it for sure. And uh, don't let this be the one that gets away, dude. It's, it's, it's right there. It's they're dangling the fruit in front of you. Go get it. Yeah. Thanks. We'll uh, see what we can do a week from tomorrow, I guess now. So uh, thanks for having me on. Enjoyed it. And see you guys in Tulsa. Kyle Larson, ladies and gentlemen, here on The Skinny. Thanks for watching this episode of The Skinny. Be sure to check out all the latest sun and optical eyewear at fatheads.com. Special thanks to our sponsorship partners at Elliott's Custom Trailers and Carts. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Skinny from Fathead Studios. To watch the video versions of all of our shows, please visit our YouTube channel, Fatheads TV. This has been a production of Fathead Studios. Please remember to subscribe.